All right, people, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Jay. Got my co-host, Lewis. What's going on, man? You know, just just living a dream. Yeah. So uh, we got a special guest today. Got uh got Josh in in on the on the pod with us. Uh, Josh, want to give a little introduction? Hey guys, thanks for uh, having me on with you. Um, I you know I'm friends with Lewis. I got uh, you know a little bit of a military background myself. Um, not law enforcement though, so I'm the odd man out, I guess. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, they uh, told me about some cool topics that are pretty relevant. I got some ideas, so I figured I'd uh, hop on and say my piece. Cool. Um, so uh, what branch of the uh, service were you in? I was Army. I, I did eight, mm, eight, and ha- eight and a half years. Okay. And uh, I was in human intelligence. So okay. All right. Let that, let that simmer. <laughs> all right so got different different perspective different mm-hmm. perspective in. okay so um so i say we just jump straight into it uh first topic on the table is the uh arrest in plano texas um lewis you sent me the video and mm-hmm. um I- i'll let you uh i'll let you talk about it like if you want to just describe the incident and you know, give your thoughts and we can go from there okay um yeah so like jay said it happened um in plano texas it happened had it happened at nighttime and it, this is when during the time when they were getting um it was snowing in texas which doesn't happen often um so a welfare check came out um i don't know i'm not sure how many units responded but in the the video i sent you it's only the it's only her body camera mm-hmm. and it, from what you see in the very beginning it's just one officer talking to the the individual um, and let me let me jump in one second so for those that don't know like a welfare check is literally just what it sounds like they got a call to check on an individual walking in the middle of the street like that that's mm-hmm. it um n- nothing threatening nothing like that just individual walking in the middle of the street might be stumbling wanted to see if he was okay that was the, that's the type of thing a welfare check is so go ahead um so in the video we can show it there's the video shows that again, the video is body cam footage of the officer responding. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows him walking. He is walking in the middle of the street. He's in jeans and a t-shirt again, a little odd. So, okay. Check on him. See what's up. Um, the officer, um, sees it, said, asked if he's all right. Guy responds. Yeah, yeah I'm good. I'm just walking home. Um, and then, keeps following him and keeps asking him if he's all right, everything all right. Um, this goes on for two or so minutes. Again, the, the, the individual doesn't stop. And the individual that's walking doesn't stop to talk to her. And he, she just keeps walking after him. Essentially, perspective would be chasing him. <laughs> but he wasn't running. He was still walking. He never ran. Uh-huh. Um, he never appeared to be a threat he just he was just walking home uh and then after after the fact it came out that he was only walking home from a couple blocks away his house was only a couple blocks away from when they first originally stopped him um and then during the the uh the time that she's talking to him and and walking after him he actually goes onto the sidewalk and now they're both on the sidewalk and then at some point they turn down an alley i believe or something Mm -hmm. um but she tries to stop him and puts like stop him with her like physically stop him Uh um and we can get that in it after the (laughs) 
after we uh, give you the whole incident. But um, and then at that point, once that once she touches him, it kind of just goes sideways. It, uh-huh. it more officers come in. Uh, long story short, he gets arrested. He gets arrested for he was just charged with essentially just walking in the street. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, so yeah, he got charged with walking in the street. Um, and then how many was it two or three weeks after? Yeah, about about two. Yeah. I actually might have been about a week later. About, about okay, yeah. So about a about a week later, Jason made an article saying that the Plano, Texas chief um is dropping all charges. And I have one second. There you go. The chief said, this is from the chief from that article. He said, there's a lot of, lot of information that we know about this case that we didn't know at the time. Those officers didn't know this, this, his age. They didn't know he was 18. They didn't know he worked at Walmart. They didn't know where he lived. That's actually from the chief. That's a okay. direct quote from the article. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a lot to unpack from just that statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but the, again, that's all. That's the facts we have. That's what we saw from the body camera. That's what I what I took from it. I obviously took a bunch of notes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about it first and give your impression, and then I can go, and then Josh can go. Actually, I want to throw it to Josh. Uh, okay. Josh, you uh, you saw the video. Oh, you um, what, what do you, what are your thoughts? And the reason I jumped to you first is because um, I, for for better or for worse, I think Lewis and I will probably be tainted from law enforcement uh, initial right. perspective. So just initially, what, what are your thoughts of the incident? And we can go from well, there. and this, this is where, um, you know, my background really can come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, law enforcement, as I see it, is, is a very structured, you know, there is that subjective, you know, discretion that law enforcement has, but it's a very, it's typically a very black and white, you work within that, um, you know, that, that, that structure. Okay. Um, coming from an intelligence background, it's a lot more of those gray area uh, structures that we work in. So when I see an issue like this, my immediate thought process, A, what was the gentleman walking thinking? And B, what was the, the officer, what was her perspective? Um, and then break that down. So we've got, what are the factors at play here? white police officer, black suspect, person mm-hmm. walking, the person they're checking on. Race is a factor. Mm-hmm. Then we've got whether it was ultimately the factor, at this point, I don't know, um, but it's a factor. So race, we have um, what I call the militarization of law enforcement. So our police force operating as if they were military. And then um, what is a, an officer's authority? What mm-hmm. is their real authority? So getting into that, um, a welfare check, like you said at the beginning, it's just the simple, hey, something may be wrong with this person, not they're doing something wrong. Right. So let's check and make sure they're good. Law enforcement got the welfare check request. They went out, they checked. And he said he was good. They positively identified him as the person that needed the welfare check. And he said he was good. Uh Why didn't the confrontation end at that exact point? Not confrontation, interaction. 
Why mm -hmm. didn't it cease at that exact moment where he said he was good? I, I don't Josh, know. That's the, that's the quintessential question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't it stop? Um, uh, I actually wrote this down, just the summary of it, because uh, I wanted to make sure I brought it up. Obvious elephant in the room is, is was race the factor, not just a factor? Mm -hmm. And my experience, I had a, a experience years ago that really makes me challenge that thought process going both ways. Uh, in Baltimore City, we, you know, a bunch of military guys out at the bars. And one of the girls in our group, we're basically all white people mm -hmm. in this group. We are all intoxicated. We're all loud. Mm -hmm. And one girl, I'm giving you all the shortened version, but her husband goes to sprint across the road to get away from her. She goes to follow him, almost gets hit by a car. And this is in Baltimore. She'd have got, if she'd have got hit, she would have been severely hurt or killed. Mm -hmm. I immediately react. I grab her and I drag her out of the street. Mm -hmm. Right as a cop car is pulling up. So the two officers, one white, one black, get out of the car. And the white one approaches me first and is insanely hostile and wants to arrest me. He has me shoved up against the car. He's yelling at me. And thankfully, I even though I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know what the language factor on this podcast is, but I'm pissed myself drunk at this point. We got the explicit and, rating. Go ahead. <laughs> and so I keep, I may be able to keep my cool. And I, um, I tell his partner, who was the black officer, you need to tell your partner to get his ass back in the car because I'm not dealing with them anymore. I'll talk to you and only you. Mm -hmm. And they listened and did exactly what I suggested. And it worked out great. I explained what happened. We all got to go. I went back to the bar and kept drinking. Wow. Okay. Would that have happened, A, if I was not white? Right. B, would that situation have happened at all if the first officer to interact with me were not so aggressively hostile towards me? Yeah. It's two factors. So yeah. in this case, just watching that video, I don't, I think race was a factor. I don't think it was the factor. I think a law enforcement officer seized on a, an opportunity to exercise her authority past what it really was. Mm -hmm. And um, had he been white, it might have gone differently, but not guaranteed it would have gone differently, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. It does. So that's kind of where my thoughts are on it. Okay. Okay. Um, so Lewis, what you got? What's your, what's your thoughts from... You want me to go next? Yeah, current law enforcement standing. Um, you know, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts on it? Um, go ahead. Um, so let me go to my notes. Let's see. So just from the... Just from the, just from the video alone, yeah. um, it was escalated to a point that it shouldn't have been escalated to. She should have never put his hand, her hands on him because he wasn't a threat. It was just a welfare check. There was no reason for it. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to articulate and talk to someone in a way that will kind of sway them in your direction, sway them the way, the way you want, you want what, what you want them to do. Um, 
which is what um, de-escalation and uh, what's it called? I'm trying to think of the, the training we get. But, the verbal judo? Yeah, verbal judo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of uh, verbal karate. <laughs> which is which is what she used in actual yeah. karate apparently yeah um she uh again it should have not shouldn't have gotten to that point because he was just walking in the road it, again and it, from the other side to be de- the devil's advocate if he would have just stopped took a second like hey i'm good i live literally right down the street we don't know what would have happened if he would have done that again not justifying her actions because they in my opinion, aren't justified. Um, to put your hands on him, you are violating his Fourth Amendment right. Because there was no reasonable suspicion. There wasn't any... Um, uh, terrorist doesn't apply. And for those ter- those who don't know, terrorist is a, um, I guess, a tool that police officers can utilize if there is reasonable suspicion to believe that a, an individual is a threat has a weapon. Well, it has to, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, they have to have a weapon in our threat. Um, and again, that that Terry Frisk is literally just for a weapon. Like you can't use it to try to find something else. It's literally a pat down. It's not you're actually searching anyone. But again, it, to me, that it doesn't fit because they don't. There wasn't reasonable suspicion to believe that he had a weapon or was a threat. Um, Oh, and yeah, I want to talk about the chief comments. Um, to me, it's a little outlandish that a chief would say some of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that they didn't know his age. Again, his age doesn't matter unless there's a curfew, and even then, it should they should they could have handled it a lot better if that was the case. Um, they didn't know he worked at Walmart. Again, that that doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's, and then he, they didn't know where he lived. Again, what what does that matter? This is this is America. You can walk literally wherever you want. Yeah. I mean, obviously you can't walk at a highway, but he was on a street. Right. And again, he moved out of the street when they talked to him. Right. Also, and, just to, to, for context, the reason why he was in the street is because yeah. the sidewalk was snowed over. Yeah, yeah. Because I was literally about to say that. Sorry. Go ahead. Because <laughs> yeah. in, in that article you sent. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think the, the initial article, uh, he, he gave comments saying that the only reason he was in the street is because the sidewalk, again, was so, mm-hmm. was so iced over. Right. But again, when they finally came out there and talked to him, he did move to the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my two cents. Um, what you got? All right. So this is, this is my thoughts. So first of all, you know, and, and I, I won't, I won't spend time going over the same things that y'all went over. Cause I think you both hit on a lot of, a lot of great points and points that I want that, that I would have talked about. Uh, but like you said, Josh, you know, this is a welfare check. They went, they checked on his welfare. He said he was fine. What, why, why did it, why did it escalate? Why did it have to go from there? You know, it's not even like, like when I, when I saw the video, and I went to the article, my assumption after watching the video was that the call was for a suspect who had committed a crime mm-hmm. and they were looking for that person. And that's why they were inquiring more. But then I read the article and it wasn't even that, it was a welfare check. So you found the individual that you were looking for. He, you were checking to see if he was okay. You see it's a snowstorm. You see that the sidewalk is iced over. He said that he's good. Why did it continue? So, you know, that that's, 
you know, that's that's my 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 piece. Everything that you said, Lewis, I completely agree with. It didn't have to continue. You know, it didn't have to escalate. Um, there, there are a couple of things I want to touch on with that, but but I'm, I'm going to come back to it. But I want to jump forward. And um, I just sent you a, a text message when I saw the article, an individual responded to that article who is a current law enforcement individual. And this is the problem that I have with situations like with situations like this. And I will admit that when I was in law enforcement, blinded, uh, blinded by the blue. I didn't necessarily see how much of a problem this is until after I got out of law enforcement. But I'll read you the individual's comments. He said, "He said there's nothing wrong with this stop. Uh, if he had, if he had just complied and talked with him, uh, and wasn't the person they were looking for, then he would have been let go. Simple and easy as that. He caused this to escalate. The problem that I have with that is that this individual who's law enforcement, his knee-jerk reaction is to defend a situation like this as opposed to analyzing it and say what they did wrong and what I can now do better if I'm ever in that situation. You know, because he first he said there's nothing wrong with the stop. Okay, fine. There's nothing wrong with the stop. It was a welfare check. That's fine. He said if he had just complied and talked with them and he wasn't the person they were looking for, that he would have been let go. You already, you, you, you just demonstrated to me that you don't even know what the call was about. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what the situation is about and you are automatically defending the actions of these officers. It happens with stuff like this. It happens with, sh- with, with shoot, no, uh, shoot scenarios where we're looking at if it was a good shoot or a bad shoot. They officers automatically jump and go and they um, and they defend they they um, they go to defend the officer. And then the last statement is the one that drives me the most crazy. Well, it's the second to last statement. Um, he said, "Oh, well, as you know, it was the last statement." He said, um, "He caused this. He caused this to escalate." And my thing is this, and, and it kind of goes back to the question that, that you asked, John. Like, would it have uh, would would it have, would it have changed if he would have just stopped and talked to him and, and, and whatever? And the conversation I like to have with people, I ask the question is, as a civilian, and I'm, and I'm gonna take black, white out of it. You know, we're, we're not gonna talk about race because there's other, because race can add a factor in when you talk about experiences with law enforcement and previous, but just, just, you know, all things being equal. My question is, why is it incumbent upon the civilian to be calm? Why is it incumbent mm-hmm. upon the civilian to be the one to have the level head? The civilian is not the one with the gun. The civilian is not the one with supposed training. The civilian is not the one with backup. Why is it incumbent upon the civilian to be to be calm? He's like if he if if he would have just complied, he'd escalate. Why does he? Why? What 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 compliance was it? The, the the officer asked a question. He answered. She asked another. She asked a question again. He answered. He did comply. She told him to stop. Why does he have to stop at this point? Your call was for a welfare check. You checked on my welfare. I told you my welfare is fine. Why do I have to continue? Mm-hmm. And the thing that I, and that's the issue that I have with a lot, with a lot of situations like this when, when incorporating law enforcement and, and stuff like that and having this conversation with people is that the deference is always given to the officer and not to the, um, and not to the individual, the civilian, when the civilian is again, not the one with the gun, not the one with the training, not the one with backup, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of the issue that I have with, with, with um, when it comes from situations like this. Two um, thoughts. Two thoughts for you. Go for it. Um, because I, 
I think you touched on a very, very important thing. And this is something I've thought a lot about. Um, it's not just one big problem. You know, general rule of thumb, anytime you have a problem, it works best to break it into its root problems, the smaller problems that you can address individually to create the larger solution. It's easier to make 10 small changes instead of one massive giant change, right? Mm -hmm. So breaking this down, you have two, two main categories. You have law enforcement in the moment, and then you have law enforcement react the moment. Is it what you were uh, saying? Is it incumbent on the civilian to be perfect in their behavior in a situation where they are not doing anything wrong? And by wrong, I mean criminal. Right. Or is it incumbent on the law enforcement officer to know the boundaries of their authority in that specific situation and not push it? Mm -hmm. And then after this mm -hmm. confrontation happens, after this meeting of law enforcement and civilian, when the law enforcement officer does wrong and does overstep those bounds, whether that's as, as simple as this case or you know shootings, et cetera, why is it the department always takes forever to release any information about it? And then when they finally do, it, it almost seems half-assed to me. Mm -hmm. um, transparency, man. Something bad happens, acknowledge it right up front. Hey, this happened. I'm not saying who's at fault, who's not at fault, but this happened. We are looking for it. We're looking into it, figuring out what happened. So it's not a case where the press or the civil rights organizations are trying to find answers. You're proactively being transparent that a thing happened and you're going to figure it out. That, uh -huh. that partially solves the problem. And then what you were saying about automatic deference to the bad, man, I don't associate with bad characters. Whether I work with them, I don't, I don't associate with bad characters. If it is unprofessional for me to comment on it, I won't comment on it. And if you were in the right, I will comment on it. But I'm not going to take your back just because you're my peer professionally, ever. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I, I can't fathom that that concept in any way. In any way. And, and um, this would be the last thing I, uh, I'll talk on. Is I think the the issue. Um, the prevailing issue, and we, we, did a, we did a whole discussion about police culture. And the thing about police culture is that, that, that law enforcement, and Lewis, you can um, chime in on this too, is that law enforcement is, it's, it's grown past just a profession and it's thought to be a brotherhood and, and this, that, and the other. So, so you're, you're protecting your brothers in blue, not your coworker, you know, mm -hmm. it's your brother in blue. And, and I'm not saying that that is always a bad thing. It's just that it permeates throughout the whole culture and it creates a bad yep. thing. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Lewis, you want to wrap it up? What you got? Yeah, I just, I just got two more notes and then we can, we can go to the next topic. So, um, so again, what, what we're talking about is the, is the, for at least the comment that you saw is, the, is many, many officers are quick to, respond and say that they're, they're in defense of uh, an officer that is involved in an incident and i used to be i used to be the same way huh? and at some point i just i something just switched and i was like mm, i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait until i get all the facts i'm not gonna be quick to judge either way um 
unless it's unless it's blatantly obvious. Um, sorry, uh, yeah, unless it's like blatantly obvious, like this one where it, it's pretty cut and dry. There's a body cam footage showing of what happened. Um, and then my last note is that there are officers, and at least the department I work at, and I'm sure obviously departments all, all around the country that if they respond to a situation, they are more than likely to escalate the situation than de-escalate a situation. Uh -huh. And I'm sure if you think about it for a second, you probably know the people I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and whenever they come on scene, uh, I either tell them to go away <laughs> or if they're on scene and I go on scene, I'm like, nah, I got it, man. I'm good. Uh -huh. um, now, again, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I can't escalate a situation. But generally speaking, I am very good at de-escalating a situation. Um, I, I, I don't know why, um, but generally I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. And I would hope I would handle this situation better than she Um. So next topic that we want to talk about, um, and, and it, it kind of segues. So again, with this situation, there was Texas um, was recently hit with a huge uh snowstorm um snow and ice um frozen people without power for uh for weeks and um so that's going to kind of we're going to talk about a couple of things with that but but the on a lighter note after that heavy topic senator ted cruz um decided to take his family to cancun uh to cancun mexico in the middle of a crisis in his district and it came out later on text messages a group text messages from uh his wife leaked that it was a plan they put it out she said hey it's freezing here um we're going to take the kids to, to cancun y'all should come we'll stay at the ritz Carlton. it's 300 a night the security is really is really good you know let's let's go and photos of ted cruz it it, it leaks that he's on the plane and uh, so he decides to end up coming back the next day. First, he said that that was the plan. He threw his daughters under the bus saying that they wanted to, uh, they asked him to come, yada, yada, yada. And, and it just wasn't a good look for Ted. So, uh, so I just want to throw that out there and, and we could talk about it real quick. Uh, we'll, we'll make this a quick one, but um, so we'll start with uh, Lewis. What, what are your thoughts on it, man? <laughs> um, so, I mean, in my opinion, I. I don't know. To me, I don't, I don't really care. If you want mm -hmm. to escape and you have the means to get away, I uh, can get away. As long as you can still function, you're doing your job as a, in this case, a congressman, mm -hmm. um, or if you're whatever public servant, if you can still do your job in Mexico or wherever you're at, I don't whatever. Who cares? Mm -hmm. um, but I do, I do say it's not a good look. <laughs> the, uh, the shit hits the fan. You're like, ah, I'm out. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> What'd you think, Josh? So I, I bring a different, uh, uh, more complete perspective on this because I'm okay. from and okay. all of my family, all my friends, you know, pre-military are all still in Texas. Mm -hmm. um, very small town, um, a number of them impacted, um, you know, toddlers sleeping in the bed with them to stay warm at night, that kind of thing. Yeah. The only yeah. thing Ted Cruz did that was wrong was backpedaling on the back end and throwing his kid under the bus. Uh-huh. Outside of that, he's a federal level congressman what jurisdiction what authority did he have to impact anything during that disaster uh -huh. while it was going on nothing 
He's not state level. It's a state level infrastructure that was at issue. So there wasn't nothing he could do. Anything he could do is liaison and coordinate, which like Lewis said, he could do that from Mexico. The only people mad about it are the ones who were too poor to leave or have an overinflated sense of what that senator was supposed to be doing. All right, so I come at it from a different different perspective, and and mine, um, I have family in Texas. Um, my well, he's not blood, but he's my, basically my brother. He's in right. Texas taking care of his mom. They were out of power. She had, he had to send her to the hospital because mm -hmm. they didn't have the power to keep her oxygen machine and everything, um, right. or, or her monitors and everything going. My issue with it is I understand what people are saying that like Ted Cruz, he has the means to get to to to, to go. He's, he's a senator at the, at the federal level. I don't have a problem with you sending your family away. You know, like get them out, get them to safety or whatever. But you as a civil servant, you as a, a, an elected official, you have an obligation to your constituents, to your people. And by him absconding and going, and going to, to Cancun, that's why I have a problem. The question is asked, well, he's a senator. What can he do at the federal level? Well, Joe Biden is at the federal level and he signed an he signed a, uh, executive order to get FEMA act, uh, activated. FEMA mm -hmm. is a federal agency. He could have liaisoned with FEMA. He could have talked to um, he could have talked to the to governor. The problem with Texas is that Texas is working on their own power grid. They're not connected to the national power grid. Maybe he could have worked with the Department of Energy and, and, and create something to temporarily get power to some effective places. I don't know what we do. And here's, and this is where I come at it. It's like the, the, the simple answer is do something. <laughs> I don't know what you're supposed to do. Do something. I know what you shouldn't do. You shouldn't leave yeah. in a crisis to go to Cancun. Do something. I am just a humble person sitting in my office in Maryland. I am not a senator. I don't know what strings you can pull. You can do something. You know, you know who you know who did something? Um, um, AOC. Yeah. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez raised millions. You know who did something? Beto O'Rourke did phone banking to find out where people were to get them, uh, get them uh, warmth and get them to places that, that they need to, get them service they need to. Do something. And, the, and, and that's the issue that, that I have. I understand what y'all are saying and I respect your opinion. I just disagree. <laughs> well, well and, and you hit a great point though of even if you can't do something that's gonna impact anything, perception is king. Yeah. So doing anything, whether it's gonna actually impact is irrelevant, do something and people see you doing something you know, there's always the question, is Cruz running for president again? Not after this, he's not. Right. Yeah. You know? So it's it's still, it's a valid point you make. Uh, Louis, you got anything else? Or, or, or you want to wrap this one up and, and move on? No, I'm good on this one. We can wrap okay. It up. So I got, I got a quick one. So the, the, the final topic I want to talk about is Texas um, lifting their mask mandate. Um, but I want to segue into that, talking about a, a little issue I have with with masks, <laughs> all right. And I'm not coming at this from a an anti-mask perspective. We we've talked about it on the on podcast before. I am very very pro mask. Doubling up the mask. Wear your mask. Get out there. Even if you're vaccinated, continue to wear the mask. But the issue that I have, it kind of it it, it kind of speaks to a larger perspective with Americans. So I went to order food, and this is when it kind of hit me. I went to uh, I ordered food, and I was going to go pick it up, and 
all I was going to do was just, you know, it was already ordered, paid for and everything. I was just going to run in and grab it. So I get in, the, I pull up to the rest, uh, to the restaurant. I'm looking for my mask. I grab, grab my two masks. I put it on. I go in, I grab my food. And then it hits me that for me to pick up my food, I have to put a mask on, which I should. But I'm in there and I'm only in there for, you know, three, four seconds to grab my food and go. But while I'm in there, I'm looking around and there's people sitting there eating with no mask on. And I'm like, what logic does that make that me as somebody who, who ordered the food, paid for the food, only going to be in there for two seconds, have to put a mask on. But yet you have people, a table full of people over here, a table full of people over there. To, and I understand they're socially distanced and, and you're saying and, and they say that the um, that the there's space out enough that it's not that too much of a problem. But the perception of it does not make sense. And it makes people wonder, why do I have to wear a mask? Why do I have to do this? And, and we're making these concessions. And that's why we're still, we're, we're over 500,000 people dead. And there are people that are still out there refusing to wear a mask, you know? And, and, and yes, I want to call them stupid sometimes, but I'm like, I'm looking at this situation and I'm like, yeah, I'm running in the store to grab my food. I put my mask on, but right now, but I'm looking at 11 people without a mask on in the same location, you know? And, and I just don't understand. And, and it, I think it speaks to the larger philosophy, you know? Um, and, and, I, and I'll throw it out to the group and then we'll, we'll move on to the text that's opening up. And, and everything. Well, I'm gonna build off what you said, uh, cause it's connected. You have two basic structures for a mask. You have those that protect you and you have those that protect other people from you, uh -huh. right? Right. If we're gonna mandate a mask, why? mandate a mask and ban the other kind of mask, why are we mandating masks to protect others, but banning masks that just protect you? Okay. If everybody's got a mask that just protects you, everyone's protected. Mm -hmm. And I'm also protected from Joe Blow who wants to sit at the table right by the entrance, not wearing his mask while he's eating, and I gotta walk past him to get my food. Mm -hmm. When that whole thing came out, I don't know if you guys remember it, but especially uh, your federal organizations, military, all that, um, they res they restricted your the um, mask type that is for protecting you. You had to wear the other kind. Yeah, the, the two right. filter, right? Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Mm -hmm. Why are you, what's your authority as the government to tell me I can't do what's best to protect me? Mm -hmm. That's where my, that's where my stance on the masks is. I wear masks. I wear the, I double up now. I, I, I do what they say, but it's dumb. What you got? <laughs> you um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so just wear your fucking mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Just wear your fucking mask. It's not that right. fucking hard. Yeah. And I, so I, I haven't heard any ban on. So I, the thing you're talking about, Josh, is the, is like the little, like the reusable filter one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The reason those are banned is because they're not, they're not act, they're not actually doing anything. It's just a fucking figment of people's imagination. Like there are real ones. I will say that. Right. I haven't heard the ban on those, but like the ones you can buy, like from, uh, the what's the website? wish.com yeah right yeah like those aren't gonna work come on now right um, yeah 
early on they did i i hadn't tracked it i don't know if they changed it or if they did when they changed it but mm -hmm. yeah your point is is valid um but yeah just i mean just just wear your mask and i get the the flawed logic there trust me there, there's a lot of flawed there's logic lot. when it comes to fucking yeah. <laughs> mask and covid like when my um when my child was born last year the very beginning of covid in may uh my wife got tested but they didn't test me mm -hmm. i was allowed to be in the hospital mm -hmm. flawed logic all around right. yeah. <laughs> you're gonna test my wife but not me um yeah at the end of the day just wear your fucking mask yeah 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 it, it's 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 totally flawed and, and and the problem is that a lot of these so I'm I am not a small government conservative. <laughs> I, um, anybody that knows me knows that I'm I'm uh, very liberal, and I don't have a problem with big government. And I think that one of the issues is that you know we don't have federal standards across the board for these, and states are stepping in. And you have a state like Texas, which leads us to our next topic, one of the, the largest largest states in the union, and they've just list, lifted their mask mandate, and we're not living in the 1920s where it's difficult to travel in for interstate travel you know somebody could get in a car on a train or a plane and be in another state like that and mm -hmm. you're lifting the you're lifting this mask mandate and there's there's like what four new variants to mm -hmm. COVID out there now yeah Brazil. Um, mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, right so and, and it just it just it, it boggles my mind i don't i don't understand it and, and it drives me insane um you talk about uh, at the beginning of the um, the pandemic, like I know, at the beginning of the pandemic, my job shut down. They put everybody on maximum telework, and 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 had everybody working from home. A year later, they're now at um, I think eighty to ninety percent staffing in the office. I'm like, it's worse now than it was then. Why are we here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it, mm -hmm. it just I don't I don't understand. Like I I do understand the fatigue, but mm -hmm. but the uh, but the logic just just boggles my mind and um so like again throwing it out there as a topic the uh this texas thing just really speaks to that that fatigue and i just want to know like have y'all seen it in your profession and um you know if you want to if you want to speak on that you know go ahead either one of want to chime um, up yeah so again like uh, i work for the police department again the, the police department i work for is dual in the fact that it's civilian and military and there's a military um, detachment or company for those um, and there's a, a commander or a person in charge of the um, the MPs or the military side that walks around the, the, the whole department without a mask on and I'm I'm the guy that will say something to you because I don't give a fuck mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck who you are I'm gonna make some dumbass comment to you mm -hmm. like, hey where's your match did you did you forget it and I've said it <laughs> numerous numerous times and he's not the only person i'll say it to because at the end of the day it's you're you're saying fuck me right, right. fuck me right um and there's also signs literally everywhere that say put on a mask right right and if, if i'm close to one i'll point to one while i'm walking by him yeah <laughs> um but so i i get the fatigue I, it's been a year it's also been politicized to fucking well in the beginning it was uh -huh. not so much anymore uh -huh. um other than texas saying fuck masks yeah uh, i get so i get the logic in saying 
I don't get the logic of them. I'm sorry. I don't get the logic of saying fuck mask, but I get the, I definitely get the f- fatigue of it. And I, mm-hmm. I guess devil's advocate, at the end of the day, it's a free government. You want to say fuck mask and you want to get sick, then I guess you're going to get sick. But at the end of the day, you're going to get somebody else sick. Right. You right. might not get sick, but you're going to get somebody else sick, which right. irritates me about the guy at work. Cause like, if you're doing this here, then you're doing it everywhere. Right. Who And who knows you're coming into contact with. Right. If, if, if something, not me because i more than likely won't get sick because one i've been vaccinated two i'm a average age healthy man um but i have kids who have not yeah. been vaccinated who hidden and shit one of them hasn't been sick yet because you know everyone's staying in the fucking house yeah yeah <laughs> but if you get my daughter sick and i can fucking trace it back to you it's gonna be problems it's it's i don't give a fuck who you are i'm gonna throw hands right <laughs> right and it, but to bring it all full circle back to that one dude that I started off with, he, when I made a comment yesterday, because we brought this up in a, oh, sorry, um, we've talked about in previous, but cognitive, cognitive dissidence, mm-hmm. he tried to throw that at me. I was like, and I shouted down the hallway. I was like, do you even know what that means? <laughs> because it, logically speaking, how can you say I have it? And the entire world has it, but no, we got it. Not right. not you. Not not the few who don't think this is real. That think this is all a fucking illusion. Right. Not the million people who died. No, they think it, they died from something else. Right. So anyway, that's that's my soapbox. Yeah. Josh, you got no. the last word. Anything you want to talk about? Anything at all? The floor is yours. Go for it. The one thing I will say on the mask, uh, the state. You know, state of Texas uh, doing the mask. It, it's going to touch on Florida as well. I was reading on it a little bit. If y'all saw, I looked a little distracted. It's not that Texas said no more masks, no more mask mandate. They delegated the authority down to the county level. Okay. So the county level, and it's uh, if I read it correctly, it's it's not the um, elected official. The um, like county executive, mayor, whatever, it's the um, actual uh, county level judge who will dictate that order. Um, if their hospitalization rate reaches a certain point, that county specifically dictates mask mandate or not for within that county, um, which at face value, I think is this like great idea of, oh, you're targeting the mandates for the, the trouble areas, which in a state like Texas, where people don't, outside of truckers, people tend to stay relatively close to home. Um, we're in an open borders world these days. Like it is too easy to go from one county to the other to the other. And now you've got this mm-hmm. you know, death bug with you carrying it to someone else. And that makes it dumb. Yeah. Just wear the mask until they come out and say, hey, you know, I got a buddy who works for Johnson & Johnson or not for Johnson Johnson, but the company who's producing their, um, the bulk of their vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're saying if they get, um, if they, the, the numbers they're cranking out, it's by summertime, every adult in the United States can have a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Like we're, I mean, the end of this thing, relatively speaking, is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. What was the point of all the sacrifice this past year, year, if we're just going to loosen up and get lax now this close to the end yeah mm-hmm. just wait it out 
don't be that sprinter, that <laughs> Olympic sprinter who got mixed up and stopped early all the way through, man. If, if the ribbon didn't break, you didn't finish. Right. Yep. You know? Hey guys, I think that's a great point to end on. Um, it's, a, it's been a great discussion. Um, Josh, I would love to have you on again if uh, if you're willing. Here. Okay, great, great. Um, Louis, you got anything else you want to wrap up with? Uh, no, man. Just you know, everyone stay safe. Wear your mask. Stop being lazy. <laughs> All right, that's a good point. All right, y'all have a good one. Yeah, take care. Good